Hello and welcome back to Control Alt Delete with me, Emma Gannon, interviewing amazing people who are doing brilliant things. So today's guest is Candice Carty Williams. She is an author. She was a book marketer. She's a journalist based in London and her book, Queenie, has just recently come out in the UK and the US and it's absolutely everywhere. You might have seen it. It has four different, very brightly coloured covers and it's about a 25-year-old Jamaican British woman living in London called Queenie Jenkins. It's all about what it's like straddling two cultures and not really feeling like you fit into either of them. Oprah herself has called it brazenly hilarious and she writes regularly for ID, Refinery29, Beat Magazine and many, many more. I really recommend you checking out all of her writing. And she also created and launched the Guardian and Fourth Estate BAME Short Story Prize before moving and working in vintage books for a bit. So she's done so many incredible things. I could not wait to talk to her. So here it is. It feels really good just because this book has been sort of, you know, it's two years now. I wrote it two years ago. And so um, I feel like I've kind of been holding it all like in myself. And uh, like it's kind of, it's one of these weird things where it's been a distraction. So I'm always aware of it. And it kind of is like a block for lots of things. And so talking about it now, it feels like I'm kind of getting it out of my system. Yeah. And so actually talking about it is a really good thing. So I can finally just be like, oh, here it is. Here it is. That's so interesting that you, I forgot that you wrote it two years ago because I, I know it was announced two years ago, but yeah. I wasn't sure in the process when it was finished. But is it almost like you have a bit of time to kind of reflect on it now? Oh, God, no, can't sound bored of it. But it's, you know, you know when you're kind of just like, this thing has been like a part of my life. And, you know, you get lots of people, the, the question, I'm mainly asked is when is it out and I've been saying that for mm. two years and the second question is is it you and I've been saying no for two mm. years and so it's good to just be like you've read it now so let's talk about it yes you know? also I think something that people don't realize is that you know we're reading it for the first time I absolutely gobbled it up and loved it but when you're the author you've read the book about a hundred times probably hundred times at least a hundred <laughs> times actually there was a point in it when I was um doing the edit so I have an American editor and a UK editor and they kind of joined together um, which was really helpful but then towards the end they were just like okay so here's some stuff for you now separately and um, so I was reading it I've read it so many times and I think by like by the I guess like a few months ago I was just like is this is this good? Is this a good book? Like, have I have I written anything? Like, what's going on here? Because I've se- I'd seen it so many times, and I was like, my God, what am I saying? <laughs> but actually, taking some space from it, and then hearing people talk about it and talk about different scenes, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, no, okay, right, it's okay, I did something. Yeah, that must be nice. Like the kind of nuance of the conversation, the jokes, the humour, but also you are not afraid to talk about sex and relationships, and I feel like. Some people shy away from that a bit and you, you went all in. No, I think it was really important um, because I'm kind of with everything, with like conversations about these things, with like my friends and even some members of my family, <laughs> some, not all. Um, <laughs> I think we have to talk about things because I grew up um, repressing lots of stuff. I'm from a really strict Roman Catholic Jamaican family. And so there are loads of things that I did not know about and things that I should have been spoken to about. And now I think I'm kind of of the generation that 
wants to have these conversations and foster that conversation is a good thing to have. Um, So I have a younger sister, she's 20. And I want her to be able to talk about things and understand things. And actually I've created in my family unit, like the small one with me, my mum and my sister, an environment where we can be open about things. It's crazy how much shame we still have around like getting a smear test or like going to the doctors or talking about fertility or anything to do with our bodies. I love that you open the book with stirrups. Mm, I mean, literally, we all know them. them. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to ask you about... So one of the things that I always have noticed about publishing, and it's like a pet hate of mine, is that everything is compared to Bridget Jones. Because I think that it does things a disservice because it's like, just because someone's a woman and just because someone likes Mm -hmm. having sex or just because someone's messes up a bit doesn't make them Bridget Jones. I know that um, Ephra Hirsch Mm -hmm. wrote an incredible piece in Time magazine about how it's so much more than that. And I just wondered, did you mind that comparison or...? It's an interesting one. I think the black prefix is always a bit like, oh, because it's kind of like, you know, it's just like, it's just that I think it's more of a Bridget Jones, if it is that of our time rather than race right. related, just because, yes, Queenie is black, but that doesn't need to be a marker necessarily. Um, and also, you know, she's going through the same things that maybe a Bridget type would have gone through at this in this generation you know like when Bridget Jones was happening back in the day it was there were no dating apps it was all just mm. like you know like meetups and big like lawyer dinners and obviously she's a different age you know it's publishing desperately trying to find a way to you know force like these comparison titles because it makes it easier just like on a very technical level for sales to understand like what what kind of numbers are we aiming for mm-hmm. um but then you know the, I know there was another book um, in at the deep end by Kate Davies which was the lesbian Bridget Jones and that was kind right. of you know I think all these prefixes are kind of like you know I don't think they're necessary that's interesting because actually it makes more sense from a marketing point of view and obviously you mm. are you're good at marketing you know it is your job <laughs> at the moment um, and everyone needs to know a bit about marketing and then actually if you, yeah I guess it's not saying this is another Bridget Jones or this mm. is like Bridget Jones but it's weird it's yeah a it's weird a really one. odd thing um, and then and it's just like poor Bridget leave Bridget alone you know Helen's <laughs> not she's not up for this she's not, she, she's not endorsing any of these things so I bet she's yeah unhappy somewhere in LA <laughs> yeah on the, on a beach somewhere <laughs> sipping pina coladas but I love how you talk so much about the straddling of two cultures mm. and being multitudes and being so many different things and having to like mold yourself into certain situations did that come from any sort of experience of like your friends or you or just having moments of being like I wish I could just be straight up myself right now why do I have to change or shape shift or anything yeah no that's it it's totally my experiences just because you know I've always been in these middle class white settings so when I got to secondary school that was very much the case I went to like a sort of it was a weird it was like it would have been a private school but it was funded by these haberdashers um and we had like houses and very strict uniforms and I remember by the time I got to sixth form I think there was one black girl in each house um and so that was like a grand total of like four of us mm-hmm. and so this but it had been like a you know it'd been a long time coming and then the same university I went to Sussex which again very white middle class and I remember never ever ever in any way feeling like I had a place in in those institutions um and they're not my confidence for sure but also I didn't really understand the process of that or what was happening because I was just kind of like oh well this is it mm. um because my mum she always raised me and my sister to 
just be tolerant and not see anything. She was just like, you're a person in this world. Whoever's a person in this world, nothing matters as long as you're kind. Mm. Um, and I think she kind of did a, did us a bit of a disservice because it meant that I was... I couldn't ever put a finger on why I felt different. Mm. And it was obviously because there were differences and it's fine to recognise difference. Um, but, you know, just going to friends' houses and staying over and then being like, do you want to wash your hair or anything? Like, I've got the shampoo and me being like, I can't use that shampoo. Mm. And not understanding that, you know, that would make me feel, I'd be like, oh, what's wrong? I can't, you know. Yeah. Those things, even like on a really tiny level. Um, and they... Those, I mean, like, and then, you know, like times that by 100 just as you go through your life. And yeah, the straddling of cultures, it just, I think when you're not equipped for it, it really knocks you for six. Um, and that is in terms of like education, sex, beauty, like beauty standards is like something that I will never, you know, now if people say, oh, that picture, picture of you is really nice, you look really beautiful. I'm just like, you were talking to someone else because I am so not used to understanding mm -hmm. that language around myself. Um, and that is just throwaway comments from people um, just being like, oh my God, look at that beautiful model. And the models are always, you know, they have a certain look that are not like me. It's something that has, um, basically there's a lot of work that me and girls like me need to like undo mm. and it will take a really long time um because yeah I'm not 30 yet and yeah that's like many years of these messages being received really loud and clear yes well thank god you've written a book like Queenie I mean I read an interview that amazing piece in the Guardian that came out oh, so about amazing. but about how at Notting Hill Carnival people try and touch your hair oh yeah yeah that's happened more but that happened um I, so I don't wear extensions anymore kind of for that reason because it's just I got bored of it and also I've got like OCD so people touching me that I don't I'm like no please don't do this and so that's like really affecting when someone I don't know has like put their hands all over my hair I don't yes. know where your hands have been oh, I can't easily wash my hair because it's extension you know like there's so much to it it's well intentioned that's a thing and I think people need to stop and think about that and that's the thing that I'm kind of still I'm confused that people don't understand that at this point because it's always like people who are like around our age and above you know it's never kids who are like oh my god wow let me touch it you know because I think kids at any basic level understand you don't just touch people without their consent yes did you like using a novel to just like get in these things it felt like a gentle way of letting people understand what life can be be like and also just showing them showing them through a different lens rather than saying look here is hard fact because you know there are amazing books that do that already um and I wanted to contribute to that but just in a different way and the way that was um humorous and accessible and also just it meant that you can exaggerate things um because experiences that I have had and my friends have had and my family have had um they are sad and they're horrific and they're horrible but I think when you can write them down in an as a novel it gives also gave me a lot of space to step away from them mm. as the realities of like the life that I live yes because yeah. I think that's another a really annoying thing that people do when women write novels oh, yeah. they're just like they think it's a memoir <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when it's not yeah no it's not and I, that's as, as I was saying that's the second question that people always ask me and it's not it's really not um, um, I saw um, Issa Rae who is the writer of Insecure and 
before that wrote um, Awkward Black Girl, the web series, which I loved. Um, and she said that she wrote Insecure because she was always in on a Friday night and she decided to write a character who was always out on a Friday night. And it's that. It's like, you know, like these people can be um, versions of you, you know, who actually, you know, I'm definitely, my God, I could not be Queenie. She's, she's testing at times. <laughs> um, but I think that was also the fun in writing her as well because I think that flawed women... And characters are amazing. I'm very interested in them. And I'm interested in also seeing, you know, if this young woman can get through, like, the very extremes of what is being thrown at her, then we can as well. If we're not having to, you know, live those ultimate versions of events. Totally. Makes it way more fun, I guess, because you're just, like, extending things out and shaking things up. And Queenie is, uh, yeah, she is kind of like you want to just take her to one court to a side and be like no (laughs) this must stop (laughs) you're self-sabotaging yourself yeah (laughs) stay away put your phone down go to bed have a cup of tea anything else yeah (laughs) but I love that you get in a lot of work situations in the book because she is working at a magazine yeah newspaper um and the the microaggressions i think is something that people will i hope really take notice of because i think that's obviously rooted in a lot of reality at the yeah. and um yeah do you was that sort of did you put that in for that reason to be like i hope people in the media are reading this i think it's um i think i mean yes but also it's because that is, again, it was just, it's to show that all of these things, they seep into your life in some way. And so what happens in the bedroom does not change when you get to the workplace. It's just a different way of being, I guess, like literally socially typecast Mm. in your day and in your evening. It doesn't stop at work. It doesn't stop when you get on the bus. It doesn't stop when you go on a date. Um, And so it's that, but it's also that, yeah, it's something that people need to think about. And I think it's, you know, again, there are a lot of well-intentioned editors out there who want to commission writers of colour, but I've had experiences recently where those editors have hired me and they've changed so much of my... um, writing to suit Mm. them and it's like did you just want a puppet then to Mm. show that you're filling your quotas you know so there's a lot of stuff that still goes on that I think is um really affecting with the the marketing around the book I remember obviously Jojo Moyes had Mm. supported you from day one and I think what she did was incredible to invite you to like writer's retreat and stuff. Mm. But how much of that actually helped? It helped in that I was able to write it. But in terms of um, getting it to my agent, that was done the proper way. Mm. Getting, you know, like signing up with her, that was done the proper way. And then when she sent it out again, that was like her writing a letter to editors, giving a phone, giving them a phone call and saying, like, I've got this book, I think you'll like it. So there was no um, leg up. You know, she didn't say, like, I'll put a word in for you at Michael Joseph, my publishers. That didn't happen. So giving space, giving advice is always really helpful. And also she still gives me advice now. She is always, like, if I text her, she replies within five minutes. She's an amazing font of knowledge and also she just Mm. gets it. Mm. Um, Obviously on a much (laughs) broader scale. But she does get it and I can ask her any questions. And she's really supportive. Like, in the States, she wrote a piece about why it's an important book to her. You know, she could have just been like, okay, well done, you've done the week, good luck. But actually, she's someone that's become um, a friend. That is amazing. I think more people need to just, just in general, more people need to kind of like lift each other up a bit. Knowing that someone's just incredibly talented and being like, I'm just here for you if I can help. 
But that's why my DMs are always open still um, because... Actually, I don't get a lot of trolls, um, but I don't get any of trolls, really. Uh, <laughs> it's really boring in my DMs. I just... Sorry. Um, I get a lot of people asking for advice. Um, and annoyingly in marketing, I'm not in a position to be like, I think you should have a book deal, but I can definitely always uh, recommend passing it on to this agent or mm. checking this editor out and thinking about this agent's work and seeing if they like your sort of story so you know I'm always there for like very practical advice yeah um because I think that's really important just especially f- you know just especially also at the time when it's just nice to help people and be nice it, yeah and it's really hard to get into I mean you yeah. know all about that because I guess working in publishing for this long it uh, was it frustrating just seeing you know it's still when you look walk into a bookshop there's still the same names there and it's mm. still the same topics there I, I that sounds really negative but there's so much work to be done well, it's also just when there's like still the black section, like it's like, are you joking? You know, just like spread that out. Like that deserves to be amongst everything else on the shelves. But yeah, it's a really, really hard, um, in terms of getting into the industry and into bookshops as an author, it's a really hard thing. And actually when you think about and start to learn about the, the machinations behind how that works, just on a very technical level, like how many copies are stores buying, why they're buying them, like how are they positioning them? We need people of colour in publishing houses to be mm-hmm. doing that side of things as well, not just being the faces of, you know? Yes. And you, because you set up a writing scheme, didn't you? So it was a prize. Um, when I worked at Fourth Estate, I set up a short story prize. Um, and that was because I'd been working in publishing for a year. And I was like, oh, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's great. But what's going on? Because there's nothing that... I nothing that's there was actually one book that I read when I was working there that I really connected with and it was Meat Space by Nick oh, Shukler. I love that book. Um and I was like, whoa, what's this? Because for months I'd just been working on, you know, like things that were great, but also like didn't really speak to me. Mm. Um and obviously we're not from the same background, but just the language he I, he used I recognised and I was like, Oh my gosh, okay, great. Um and so I started to think about what the issue was and then I understood what an agent was for and I realised that actually um, if editors are going to agents that they know and that they trust that they that, that you know great but also if we maybe take them out of the process for a, for a bit and then we can see what comes through anyway and then we can reintroduce them later mm. to like look at all the talent that is here then that's something that maybe means that more voices will come through and also people don't not everyone knows what an, uh, a literary agent is you yeah. know or what an unsolicited manuscript is you know do you think, you know, you're someone who I heard you on the high low uh, yes. recently talking about how you were sort of like, no one's really doing this, so I'm just going to do it myself. Mm. Have you ever felt like resentful of that, though? Like, oh, I've got to do this. Not really, because I mean, I'm no stranger to hard work and that's fine. I was <laughs> I spoke to my nan on the phone yesterday. Um, she was like, I read your thing in The Guardian. That's very nice. And I was like, <laughs> oh, thanks, nan. And she was like, yeah, really good write-up. Um, and then she said it was so sweet. I love her so much more than anyone else in the world. Um, and she said, um, I'm really proud of you because... And she doesn't really talk like that at all. She usually just tells everyone off. But she's like, <laughs> I'm really proud of you because you're living the life that I would have chosen to live if things were in my hands and I've always known and seen her to just work um, and she worked really hard she was a nurse when she got here and then she looked after her five daughters and then all of their kids mm. and now looks after my granddad and even that's different type of work I admire her hugely and so for me to just do work that's not something that I'm ever going to be 
scared of or ever going to be resentful of what I was writing a piece about representation yesterday and I was and I haven't really been able to enjoy any of the process because maybe that's just not my personality but you know I think probably because a lot of it is me being like I'm doing it for representation um and so because of that I'm taking it very seriously Mm -hmm. and not really allowing myself any time to be like but well done because you also wrote a book and that's hard work but um Maybe that will come in a few mm. years when I've sort of processed it all. Yeah. It's it's almost like when something's wrapped up in a little bit of activism as well, mm. or a lot of activism, it, sometimes it's like, oh, the, the, the art can just be enjoyed as well. Yeah, the stealth activism. Yeah, no, it was that. So I think I only realised this yesterday after having <laughs> written like 15 pieces about it. And I was, wow. and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, no, you can. Because people keep being like, you must be so excited. And I either have to pretend that I'm excited or I'm just like, no, if you know me well enough. Um, and so, yeah, I think, yeah, there'll be a time when I think when I feel like the work is done but also the work won't be done for a long time and Mm. so yeah maybe maybe not in a few years maybe in like two decades Mm, that's really honest of you to say though as well because I think a lot of people relate to that where you're you work really hard on something you deserve Mm. to have a massive glass of wine and just be like I wrote a book Mm. but at the same time you're really you're emotionally invested in like the conversation around it so that must be kind of exhausting exactly and you know there is obviously also I guess there's a I mean there's a weird guilt to feeling excited or happy just because that feels indulgent because again I'm not doing it to for like Twitter followers I'm not doing it for money it was just to be like I can see that there's a gap here and I think people would benefit from that um but just also the response I've had from people so it's out in America already yeah, yeah. Um, so it came out in America first sorry should I say and um I've had messages from black women who have been like you know it feels, it feels like you were stalking me even though you're living and writing from London and I'm in like Brooklyn but wow. this is like literally the story of like me and my ex-boyfriend who then went off to like marry the girl in his office and I was like ah, sorry about that um or white women who were like oh god like I can see so much of myself in her but also you've also shown me that I can't just be really well-intentioned with my racial remarks because that is really shitty and then from like I got this one message from this dude bro on Twitter and I was like oh god here we go he's gonna like rip me to shreds but he was like hey so um I suffer from bipolar and I really appreciated you talking really frankly about mental health because I took some time out of work and it was really important for me to realize that I wasn't alone in that so thanks and I was like oh my god you know so again it is like I'm you know I've written about a lot of stuff in the hope that some people find um, touch points in it and can 100%. feel less alone. It really is about that because I grew up feeling so lonely um, and never able to see myself. And I really don't want that for other people, basically. That must be such a nice feeling. That's why, that's what, when I get those messages, that's when I'm happy. I guess that's when I'm happy and that's when I feel excited that I've touched someone in some way. Totally. And actually, for it to resonate, you know, in America as well. Mm. And I mean, it's universal themes, isn't it? It's sex, relationships, it's mental health, but it's told in such a unique way. And actually, do you do you kind of wish that actually maybe some of the marketing and press was just about that, like the more universal side of it? Yeah, and I think, um, but luckily we're doing lots of like partnership work. So we're doing partnership work with like Mind. Um, and so things like that are good. It? So like there were like, grassroots ways of actually like connecting with the people who might actually benefit Mm. in different ways so there's some stuff happening but yeah the broader marketing is very like as it is but I guess it's that thing where it's like 
let's make it just like desirable accessible like exciting um but yeah there's some like deeper work going on which is nice yes well it's 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 been a big campaign and i suppose for people listening who don't really know much about the book process Mm -hmm. it was picked as like a lead title and like it was a it was very much a big focus for the publisher which is obviously amazing and incredible um i guess that means that there's a lot of work Mm. you know the, the writing the book is like so much work but kind of like doesn't stop there does it no and so there's the writing <laughs> and then there's the editing and then there's the emails that you get at like like 7 p.m on a friday that's like hi here's this uh copy editor's queries could you give them back to us for monday and you've been like hi guys so i can't come out this weekend um yeah. so there's lots of that but also so it's quite a lonely process but you just have you have to just like get on with it um but yeah it's the writing pieces it's going around the bookshops talking to booksellers and there's a lot of like I'm an introvert as well. And so really? it's really hard to do all this stuff. Um, but it's also great to do. And, you know, it's such I'm so privileged to be able to do all this. Um, but like, I had to go and talk to like over a thousand people at the Hachette Showcase. And before I went on, I was like, why have you done this to me? <laughs> I just looked to my editor and I was like, why have you done this? What, have you, what were you thinking? We're doing this. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of work and it really does like push, push you um, to do the things that, um, are terrifying but and it doesn't get any easier either to go and do public speaking but I get once I'm there it's okay um, but yeah the, the physical and emotional toll that comes before and after is extreme yes I, I always find it fascinating that we make writers perform so when they are cool. literally the most like solitary <laughs> yeah. like sometimes I think about my own personality and I'm like I like staying in I like being on my own a lot um, I'm I, ju- I just I'm quite happy in my own company. I like reading. And it's like, that is the complete opposite of someone like doing a TED talk. Yeah, for sure. I know it's really cool. I'm exactly the same. I'm such a homebody. So I just like to go home, cook and watch something and just be very quiet and maybe look on my phone a bit. I mean, look on my phone a lot. Um, but yeah, so to be like, here you go, go sign up for a thousand people. It's like, are you joking? <laughs> I think it's really cruel. But you must be very excited for, you know, someone being so young still, and having this book come out and do you feel like you're at like the beginning of something i'm not sure because i always i'm i'm of the i'm so um i guess pessimistic and so i always i never realize that things have like a journey and so you know i always think okay so i've written that book and that's great and then i'm gonna have another book that comes out and then that's cool um but actually the more press that I'm asked to do, the more that I realise people are just like, hey, so what's your opinion on this thing? And it's like, oh, this isn't about my book. And so actually there is probably some longevity in my writing career. Um, and so I think this, you know, this might, I, th- I hope this sparks conversation and I'm interested in being part of those conversations too. Yeah. You must have had so many different questions being asked at you. Like there's so much in this book there's mm. so much that people can I could literally pick up any page right now look at the page and like dive into conversation with you and I think that must be quite mad like that anyone can ask you anything I quite like that though I really like being asked questions so that's why that's why um, I think that's probably why I haven't had you know a sort of emotional episode because I do like talking about it Mm. and that's why I'm really excited about it being out in the world just because I can then have conversations rather than people being like sorry but people will be like what's the book about because that's a really hard question in itself which is why I love books because that's like you can't write a tweet 
about yeah. a book. You have to literally sit down and read it. And that's the joy of it. So that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm excited about, being asked lots of questions. Is there anyone's career that you look at and you're like, oh, that would be, that would be cool? Like, is there anyone who has just inspired you or motivated you? One author who I really think is very ace is Bernadine Ivaristo. And I know that she teaches at Brunel. She teaches a creative writing course and she also is able to really work on her books at the same time. And so I would like to, I don't think I'd be an amazing teacher because again, standing in front of people, my nightmare, but I would like to do something that helps other people to write and Mm. find their own stories and explore those. And so I think that as well as writing would be my dream. Oh God, you'd be amazing at that. I mean, you've already done so much of that type of thing Maybe already. We could do like an online course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, just tweet me your questions. <laughs> I also am really keen on screenwriting, so that's something that I want to do. And also, I felt very, I really liked um, New York when I was there as well, because I was in New York first in my publishers. And um, I think my style of commuting fits really well with the, with the New Yorkers, because mm. I'm really, I think I sort of like, give off this energy of like do not come anywhere near me this is a new yorker when i commute <laughs> that's so funny yeah new york is so intense but i totally i i understand that why you'd want to be there i mean it's just it's like london but a little bit i think more supportive and friendly i'll probably get in trouble for saying that but i think everyone <laughs> wants to like hang out and everyone's excited about what you're working on and i feel like here it's a little bit less enthusiastic it sometimes felt, the, the vibe when i was there felt very excited and people were and the way that also they go mad for books in a way that we don't it's like they have so many initiatives and schemes and groups and it's it's like a different level of the stuff they do to support books there um, and their books are so expensive which is really telling so like mm-hmm. a hardback is like $25.99 and that is like you wouldn't you you know you you say like okay I'll wait for the paperback when something is $12.99 here so like from that alone you can tell the book community they are dedicated you know so true that shop McNally Jackson Jackson. oh I spend so much money in there but it really lures you in and also it's very it's just so busy in there so you're right everyone goes mad for a hardback and the booksellers do not talk to you in an intense way, but you know you can tell they love books. Yeah. But like you can just be carrying something quite obscure and they'll be like, I read that five years ago and actually <laughs> the reason I love it is because and they will like you know, they just love a chat and not an overbearing chat and they're just like, I'm here if you need me and if you don't I'm just doing my work and it's great. Yeah. Oh my god, so true. That's a, that's it. an idea for a podcast. McNally Jackson workers like <laughs> just being like, Tell us everything you know. They they do seem like the most yeah. fascinating, amazing, intelligent people. Yeah, I love it. Um, so this is a really rogue question and I, f- I feel like I've just asked you m- mad questions in this interview but um, oh, I, love, I love that I'm really obsessed with the acknowledgements of a book oh nice like I just really love reading how someone worked with the editor how they who who they gave the first draft to like friends that they're thanking yeah. and just like family members and stuff your acknowledgements is like really meaty yeah. and there's so many people that you thanked you know I realised when I was writing it I could also I've, there are maybe like 30 drafts because I kept being like I've forgotten someone else I'm really really sorry um, but I think that's because I really love people I'm an introvert but I love talking to people and I think I have really nice relationships with people because I kind of get stuff and I'm um, I'm very supportive and I think that most of my friendships are I guess like mutually supportive ones and, and so, to be open with your work because I think yeah. you know there's a lot of people who keep a novel in a drawer for years and they don't share it with anyone for advice well my thing was not advice it was just criticism <laughs> so when I sent it to uh, my friends Harriet Charmaine Haley, and Lettuce and I was like I don't want you to tell me 
if you like anything, I just want you to tell me what doesn't make sense, what's wrong, what's stupid, where she would like, what's just like factually incorrect. Um, and then when they sent their advice back, I colour coded it. So it was like family to like edit, sex, money, like London. Um, and then I did a second draft because I was just like, you can, you know, it's not about, you know, it's just, it's kind of, it's just, you know, you have to take criticism and also it's such a singular solitary process and actually it's going to get collaborative with an editor so you might as well start that now god that's really inspiring that you're brave enough to do that but i was i was also yeah, i think kind. it's great <laughs> but also, I think they all yeah. work in publishing as well so i didn't yes. feel embarrassed and also i'm not someone who gets embarrassed by people critiquing anything because i don't know everything and mm-hmm. i'm open to learning things and having discussion and changing things for the better if i think that needs to be done i just think yeah. there shouldn't be shame in not being perfect because it doesn't it's that's that's like a fool's errand being like no no, no everything's everything i put out is going to be great you know 100 percent. i need to be more like that i mean just, not that i don't i love I, I don't believe anyone when they say things mm. are not like nice things to me anyway <laughs> i just believe criticisms <laughs> um but to to, act, to actively seek criticism i think mm. is something that more people should do I think it's just there's no nothing's gonna happen. People will just, you'll, you'll only get better from that, um, and I think that's something that we should all strive um, towards. Just by just like being the best version of ourselves, and I don't think you can have that with everyone telling you that you're great and wonderful and perfect all the time, um, and that everything you say or write is right and excellent. And you know, you know that just doesn't. It's not realistic. A hundred percent. I think that would be so dangerous. Yeah, I think so too. And a lot of people, you can you can tell when you read and watch things who have got yes men around them Mm-hmm. god that's really true that's mm-hmm. like triggered me <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm joking. not you I'm <laughs> um so just lastly what are you excited about coming up it doesn't even have to be work related yeah genuinely i was gonna say nothing work related <laughs> i'm going to jamaica with my mum and sister in july for 10 days and i am so excited because they're my favorite people apart from my nan she can't make the plane which is sad um but they're great and i think we're just going to have a very relaxing time um but all the you know i'm looking forward to talking to people about the book um but i'm also really looking forward to having a holiday yes you deserve it you so deserve it well thank Thank you so much for talking to me about queenie i never know how much detail to go into about the book because i get in trouble about spoilers a lot so um, I think you did really well. I think you did really well. Uh, basically, everyone listening needs to go and buy a copy because it's honestly amazing. I think we're going to be talking about it for years to come, and I'm just very excited for you in general. Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you. Thank you so much.